What's up, what's up, everybody? This is Evan McCullough from the EvMac Podcast. This is episode four. Sorry, I've been away for a while. I've decided that you know if I can't if I can't get people to talk to every day, I'll just talk to you myself. So this is my first solo cast, and today I wanted to talk about deliberate practice. So. I literally, that was completely spontaneous. I had no idea what was going to come out of my mouth, but I like the topic. So deliberate practice. When people, they say, oh, I want this, I want that. They're usually, if you want anything in life, it's usually mean that you're not at a place in your life in which having that thing you want would make reasonable sense. You know, if you want a better job or you want this or you want that, then you're usually not the type of person who would have that for whatever reason. Um, And you have to ask yourself what those reasons are. But one of them is probably that you don't have enough valuable skills. You're not worth whatever you think you're worth. And in order to acquire skills, you must actually practice. It's like the difference between playing a video game and practicing it, like doing it the same move over and over again until you master it. And so yeah, I mean, double, deliberate practice, just that people think they can passively do something. They can just play a game or they can, you know, play a sport or learn anything by just being there. And certainly you can, you can advance to a certain level of proficiency by just exposure. But you plateau pretty quick, and then you're like, well, how did this person become the best at this of all time? They literally practice. Here's a good definition of practice. Finding out what you suck at in whatever particular activity you're doing. Find out what you suck at and stop sucking at it. And, you know, uh, finding the... And just going over what you suck at over and over again until you figured out why you suck at whatever you suck at, like you're, you're playing tennis and your backhand sucks. All right, what is making it suck? And how can I remove that, replace it with something that will make my backhand better, whatever, it's my follow throughs messed up. And I practice that until it's second nature. And until it's not ingrained into your being as a person, it's part of your brain program, you're never gonna be able to access it when you need to. And that would, that would really be a shame. So here's just some stuff I'm flirting with right now as far as my own personal development. And I try to be objective, like what are some skills that are valuable to the world? And what I came up with was speaking Chinese, which makes sense. You know, they've got billion plus people and they're pretty much going to be the dominant economy in this next, you know, paradigm of history. So speaking Chinese, I think would be highly beneficial. Just using that to understand their culture and putting myself in a good place to respond to whatever happens in the future with China. And also I think, you know, I think language learning languages is extremely fascinating. It's like the ultimate challenge, learning Chinese. Like what's more impressive than speaking Chinese as a, a white person? You know, pretty much nothing. They say it's so hard. I think I could do it though. I've got I've got a knack for languages. 
and the second would be software. I'm a mechanical engineer. I had some training in software, but certainly I even had an internship in software, and I didn't. I never really learned crap. Um, and it's just I don't know. I had some sort of stigma against it. I wanted to be in the real world, a mechanical engineer using real physics, but didn't realize how how much more opportunity there is in the software field these days. Um, so yeah, software. I should learn more about computers. Yeah, China and AI. I mean, that's the future for you. So hopefully, and you know, my, my interests, what I actually want to do in my life doesn't even really reflect either of those things. I mean, I'd like to be some sort of wellness coach of, and uh, just be someone who's a resource for, for anyone who wants to improve their life in any way, whether it being you know, physical, emotional, uh, spiritual, or mental, or whatever. Um, but I can do that. I already have, I have most of those skills. I just need to learn how to, I just need to become certified in some and, and learn how to market myself, which I should probably be putting some deliberate practice into as well. But on just like general valuable skills, because it's good to be a valuable person in any way, like increasing your value obviously has no downsides. I mean, you obviously, I, you have to pick what you're going to do. Like, you know, maybe, maybe there are skills I would, I'll probably find out. This is why I said, I'm not making any commitments people, but just playing with these ideas. Like that's what I thought objectively as something valuable, Chinese and coding. Um, but yeah, those are just objective valuables. I'll, I'll probably go to one Chinese thing, figure out it's like, oh my God, this is way too much effort. Everyone else was right. I should actually do something that I'm more interested in. So the thing is, I'm already doing the things I'm interested in. Like I'm already am obsessed with, you know, learning about health and, and whatnot. I should, I, I am going to be spending some time, especially through this podcast, imagine that, sharing what I've learned. And the, today's topic was deliberate practice. So obviously I need some more, but I hope you enjoyed this short little tune in. Uh, you know, I can, I can go on a little bit. Here's some stuff I'm, I'm planning on doing with this platform is I'd like to do five and, and, and hold me accountable to this, you know, if, if you actually know who I am or could contact me. And I'll, I'll be working on the website for this podcast as well. But I'd like to do five weekly podcasts, you know, some on nutrition, some on exercise, some on mindset like this one. Um, or, or just handy tips for life. Uh, I'd like to do one person a week as a guest. And I'd like to come out with a weekly newsletter. So if you're interested in my newsletter, um, I will be sharing that information very soon. And it'll just kind of have like uh, a wrap up of everything that happened in the podcast and some other stuff I've learned. And I might get a friend to help me write it. Um, just some some good wellness information, how to keep yourself tip top shape um, until you know until a terrible accident happens to you and and, uh, and you die. But you know until that day, you should you should take care of yourself. Uh, and you know I know it's it's probably you know I'm 23 years old. Who what do I know? And you're right. I can't really prove 
that I'm that anything I say has credibility, unfortunately, because I'm 23. And even, I mean, even if you just abuse your body incredibly, you'll still be, you, most people will be okay at 23. It's getting a little bit different now with the modern toxins being a little bit more omnipresent and you'll see people deteriorating at younger and younger ages. Um, so that's why it's, it's even more, more important now than ever to, to get on top of this type of stuff. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what's going on in my life. Today's my dad's birthday. Happy birthday, Mark. I'll be headed over there in a bit. And, uh, but yeah, I, I guess I'll just elucidate some, uh, I'm not even sure if that's the right word. The, my, one of my current theories I'll be testing um, about diet soon. You know, I really, I've made such large changes in my diet that I can't really, there, I have less and less room each year to improve. And there's always room to improve. But here's a theory I've been working with. I've been hearing, I've heard on a podcast, this woman going into protein cycling. I've heard of carb cycling, you know, eating carbs on days you work out, cutting them on days you don't. But I'd never heard of protein cycling. And it was an interesting theory to me that, you know, obviously the human race had days with without any food at all. So you, there's, I'm already been doing the intermittent fasting approach, extended fasting, all sorts of fasting. Uh, I've got that. So that in a sort is of course going to give you some of the autophagy benefits that protein cycling is claiming to have. But what I've, I'm interested in food combining. And if you do intermittent fasting, uh, you'll you'll notice that you have to eat lots of food in one period of time, you know, depending on your eating window. And I, I, I like the kind of like as short as, as short of an eating window as possible. But you mix eating the meat and the fruit, which that's primarily what I'm eating right now is meat and fruit. When you mix those, you, you're never going to get ideal digestion because there's a certain set of, you know, the enzymes and acids and bile and all sorts of things that your body uses to digest food is going to be a slightly different optimization for meat than for fruit. Like fruit hardly needs to be digested in the stomach at all because the stomach's primarily role, primary role is to uh, produce you know, very acidic uh, stomach solution to dissolve proteins primarily. There's not very much protein in fruit, so there's not much digestion going on in the stomach. Most of that carbohydrate digestion is gonna be going on in the small intestine. Um, so it just, it's different, you know, it's, it'll slight, it'll dilute. If you eat tons of fruit, you might dilute that stomach acid for the, uh, digestion of the meat. And it's, you, you'll, I'm always playing with which one do I eat first, but it's in reality, I should be eating them alone. And the protein cycling has got me thinking in the, in a, you know, as I pontificate about what our natural ancestors would do, which is pure speculation and cannot be known and probably varied extremely wildly. Uh, I can only imagine that if you would get a pretty large kill, you'd be eating that for like a few days at least. You know, if it was a mammoth that could feed 25 people for who knows how long, weeks. So you might be eating that meat only for a little while in assuming that you're 
let's say you're in a tropical environment or it's the summer or wherever. So you'd also have some plant foods available. You'd never eat them at the same time, pretty much never. Like that would just be a waste of energy. And then if you've got tons of meat to eat, you'd probably wouldn't waste that much. You'd probably just fill up on that and not waste very much energy in the day looking for plant foods. But on days where you've run out of your kill and, and you didn't succeed in your hunt that day, you're going to be eating plant foods. So it would be primarily plant foods. So you might have three days in a row or more of pure animal foods or close to it. And then the next few days, you'd either be fasting or plant foods. So something I'll be playing with is almost like a pure carnivore versus vegan approach. Maybe doing like three days at a time of each or maybe longer. Really just whatever ends up being the most convenient amount of food to buy at the grocery store at a time or order. Because I'm ordering some of my high quality grass fed meats and organs online like how can I optimize me ordering the food and it being fresh and eating that, you know, just eat whatever I buy from the meat guy all of, in like three days, four days, five days a week, and then buying like a, you know, a ton of fruit and greens and herbs and stuff and to eat those a few days in a row on other days. Um, because, yeah, I mean, it's pretty unrealistic that we would eat, like, a super high-quality protein-like meat every single day. And now that I've, I've been vegan and I've been back and I've went back to vegan and, and I've, I've had this experience and I eat tons of animal products now almost every day, meat is, meat is in a way almost like a stimulant. Like, when I first ate meat when I, when, uh, after being vegan for a year and a half, it, it almost like sent like a rush to my head, like my head started like pounding almost like, and it, I mean, it was kind of uncomfortable, but overall it was like a good feeling. It was like feeling like my blood pressure was more appropriate and like, oh my gosh, have I been lacking this blood flow to my brain? I don't even know. But so there's that feeling. And then, so, and then when you go vegan, when I first went vegan, you get this drop in energy the first few days and you have to readjust. I'm sure some of it has to do with B vitamins, um, but meat has this effect. It has an energizing strength effect and it's almost like drinking coffee every day. I wouldn't put it on that same level, but it's like you, you probably weren't designed to do anything every day. You know, some days you wouldn't eat. Some days it would be just fruit. Some days it would be, you know, you'd kill it. You'd, you'd eat only meat. And, uh, and uh, to, to finish off the, my theory of how an ancient human being might have lived. So, yeah, they killed an animal, large animal, small animal, whatever. They eat that for a couple of days. And then they'd go out into the jungle or wherever they were. And if it, if a fruit tree was fruiting you you you'd have to eat as much as possible and that there would probably only be fruits for a couple of days because in the jungle like that you have animals eating the fruit before it's ripe and like the orangutans would eat fruit way before i would ever eat it it would be like that's not ripe they would eat it and you have all sorts of monkeys and whatever trying to get at it so you only have like a day or two of like eating a lot of fruit before it's all gone so, and it'd probably be a lot, like if you've ever seen a big old tree fruiting, they, they produce incredible amounts of, of you know, fruit, <laughs> carbohydrate, calorie, matter. Um, 
So that being said, you'd probably, you know, you'd kill an animal, eat that for a few days, and then you'd find like an enormous fruit stash from a tree, eat that for a few days, and maybe picking at like green plants along the way. Who knows? That's that's something. That's my like working theory of of how this dietary stuff went. Hundred percent raw, of course, and um, you know, as far as the fat content of the animals you'd be eating, I think you know there's some animals that would probably be pretty lean, and some that were a bit fatter. Um, and of course, the fatter animals are probably going to be rarer and harder to catch, more valuable. But you probably wouldn't have caught a really fat animal every time, depending on where you'd be living. Um, so I think the fat to, to protein ratio on those days you are eating carnivorous would have been pretty variable. Um, you definitely need to be eating the organs. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of, I'll, I'll be updating you guys as I, as I let this experiment run out a little bit. But it's definitely one that takes a little bit more focus than some of the other stuff I've done. And this is just kind of where I'm at, at this crazy, weird, you know, dietary obsession that is my life goes. Um, but yeah, so I, speaking of fruit, I think I'm going to go, going to go buy some, um, and do these next couple of days, pretty much raw vegan. And then, you know, go back to the meat and see see what that's like i think i'll like the the change of it as well the variety of lifestyle just to do something different feel a little bit different experiment with you know the, your, your biochemistry and such but yeah other than that i will update you guys as a, as i go as far as the newsletter and the website's concerned but stay tuned and i'll we're going to be here for a while so thanks see ya